Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. Juliana Margulies responded to criticism of her playing a queer character on The Morning Show. Anne Heche believes she was blacklisted in Hollywood for dating Ellen DeGeneres. And we're talking with BuzzFeed News reporter Katie Natopoulos about Facebook's recent PR woes and what it means for their future. It's October 26, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. All right, so to kick things off, the morning show newcomer Juliana Margulies has some words for people who don't think she should be playing a queer character. When asked what she thinks of the criticism on CBS's own morning show, Juliana said, My response also would be we're all making assumptions as to who I am mm. and what my past is and what all of our pasts are. I understand 100% that I can't play a different race. Right. But I am an actress, and I am supposed to embody another character. Whatever their sexuality is doesn't matter to me. The same way watching a gay person play a straight person. Mm. Are you telling me that because I'm a mother, I can never play a woman who's never had a child? Mm. Or, you know, if you've never been married, that you can't play a married woman? I mean, you, you have to be careful on, right. yeah. on, on where you're drawing the line there. We're actors. Right. We're supposed to embody a character regardless of their sexuality. Mm. When it comes to race uh, and gender, that's a whole different story. Uh, this was so chaotic. Um, I didn't like a single thing that she said. It's not about her ability as an actress. It's about queer people getting queer roles and being given the same opportunity that straight people are given. She made this entirely about herself, I feel like. I was going to say they're very like me statements. Yes. Everything about it was about her. And I'm like, OK, you should also be thinking about others. I think there is something here, and not the way she said it, but we shouldn't gatekeep people from queer roles if they have not yet. We don't know their sexuality, and you do not have to say your sexuality. So in that case, I say 
you live your life and maybe you're queer, maybe you haven't come out, et cetera, et cetera. That's a different story. What she's saying is not that story. Yeah, again, it's just very much about her. And and I'm just like, okay, well, you should be thinking about it from the other angle. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't like any of that. I I feel like it was all very off topic, honestly, <laughs> um, what she was saying. But anyway, I'm going to move past that and talk about Anne Heche, who recently opened up about feeling as though her acting career suffered because of her relationship with Ellen DeGeneres in the late 90s. She told Page Six that despite dating Ellen for less than three years, she felt, quote, blacklisted by Hollywood, saying, quote, I didn't do a studio picture for 10 years. I was fired from a $10 million picture deal and did not see the light of day in a studio picture. Despite this, she added that those repercussions felt like a, quote, badge of honor for contributing, quote, a part of the change. I feel like a lot of people could see this and be like, you're imagining it. Or maybe you just didn't get the role because you weren't a good actor. You weren't right for the part. But what I have to say to that is that more often than not, you should be believing people from marginalized communities when they feel like something is off. Mm -hmm. It's off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I fully believe her. I guess I'm just wondering why. (laughs) Um, Oh, I mean, it was the same. It was the same reason Ellen didn't want to come out. Right. She did not want to come out because she didn't want to be blacklisted. And yeah, it worked out for her. But like Anne Heche is saying, it didn't work out for her and a lot of other people. A lot of other people. Exactly. That we don't even know about and we probably will never know about just because of their sexuality. Yep. All right. So moving on, if you've been following the news for the last few weeks, you know that Facebook has been in some hot water. And I know it always seems like Facebook is in trouble for something or other, but these recent controversies feel like something different. Today, we're talking with BuzzFeed News' Katie Natopoulos about what's been happening and what it might mean for the company's future. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's time to talk some Facebook, which I know you talk about a lot. (laughs) Um, We do. We do here at BuzzFeed. (laughs) Okay, so Facebook has been in the news a lot recently. First, there was the whistleblower who alleged Facebook knew how detrimental Instagram is to the mental health of teenage girls. Then there was the massive service outage. And now there's the report that Facebook is planning on rebranding by changing its name. So is Facebook having a uniquely bad month or are they just under more scrutiny as the world's largest social media platform. I would say they're definitely having a uniquely bad month. Um, <laughs> the the service outage does seem to be, you know, a random fluke occurrence, but much more damaging is the whistleblower stuff. There was first a series of articles in the Wall Street Journal that were based on some of the documents that this whistleblower, Francis Haugen, had taken out of the company. And then this week, there's been a whole new slew of articles that sort of, you know, really show a lot of the really core problems going on at Facebook. And I mean, to me, it almost feels like we're witnessing the beginning of the end for Facebook. I mean, I know that's a pretty big statement, but as someone who's done a lot of coverage on Facebook for BuzzFeed News, does that ring true to you at all? You know, Facebook does have this amazing ability to have bad news wash off its back. And even though these reports in the media are very damning, I don't know what'll happen. It's hard to say. I do think perhaps the biggest indicator of the beginning of the end, as you said, is one of the reports that showed just how panicked Facebook is about losing its youngest uh, users, teenagers, and that young people don't want to sign up for Facebook anymore. And even Instagram, they're still signing up, but they post less. So that actually feels like 
potentially a really huge crisis for Facebook. You know, it it is interesting what you said of just like, I don't know what will happen because we haven't been in this position before. Like, we don't really know what a shelf life is for a company like Facebook. MySpace was different. It was it was telling of what was to come. But we still don't know, like, what the future of Facebook is or other platforms. But depending where Facebook goes, do you see other platforms like following that way? Not that they want to follow that way, but losing younger audience members, et cetera. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in 10 years from now, TikTok and Snapchat, which currently are the things that teenagers are using instead of Facebook, start to face those same problems. You know, it just gets an aging population. It's also hard to know, you know, one of the things that we've never experienced like this is that there's never really been significant government regulation on a platform like Facebook because there hasn't ever been one this big before. Um, And there hasn't ever been a government with quite the appetite to do it and, you know, the right momentum behind it. And I think that is something that we may see in the next few months. You know, we may even see something like, what if Mark Zuckerberg steps down? You know, there's sort of a lot of scrutiny into this CEO of a publicly traded company, which is not really the case, you know, with something like MySpace. A lot of times when bad things happen to a big company like this, especially a publicly traded one, the CEO has to go. So we don't, don't, you know, we could see something interesting happen there. All right. We'll be right back with more from Katie Natopoulos. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is Roxanne Gay, host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Now, what is the Roxanne Gay Agenda, you might ask? Well, it's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, The Bad Feminist Podcast of Your Dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed News reporter Katie Natopoulos about Facebook's rough October and what it means for the future of the company. 
So, Katie, Facebook has been under fire many times for its shady business practices. We mentioned the whistleblower from earlier this month, and they're still dealing with the fallout from the Cambridge Analytica scandal from a few years ago. Now, you mentioned this earlier, but probably the most concerning issue, at least for Facebook shareholders, is a leaked report on how its share of younger users is declining. It turns out that kids just don't like Facebook very much. But do you know why that might be? I mean, I think that one factor is simply that there is stiff competition from Snapchat and TikTok, which offer essentially different services, right? Like they're different. You use them in a different way. They're more fun. I think there's a good argument too, that the things that have made Facebook popular, the sort of core product of a place where you like and share and see the activity of everyone else around you and, you know, post messages that are either personal or political, those things have kind of incentivized the, you know, politically charged boomers, you know, Uh, which is not what young people want. And so that the things that made Facebook Facebook have compounded them into Facebook is this place for toxic boomers and therefore younger people don't want anything to do with it. So that's possible too. But it's really that young people see it as, oh, that's Facebook. That's for people, you know, in their 40s. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So speaking of these politically charged boomers, I think a lot of us would point to the 2016 election as the big turning point in public sentiment towards Facebook. I mean, they've received tons of criticism for how they handled themselves in and around that time. And I'm wondering if you feel like Facebook has suffered from simply being the first of its kind or whether there were clear cut mistakes that could have been avoided. I think there are definitely clear cut mistakes. I think that what has been revealed sort of after the 2016 election was that Facebook knew about problems and failed to act. And that's really what a lot of the stuff from the whistleblower that's come out just in the last week is also all about. And what's more shocking about that is really, and what the documents focus on a lot too, is how in other countries other than the United States and Western Europe, where there might be many different languages that, you know, the culture is different, they really, really are not well prepared to deal with the kind of content moderation problems, especially surrounding like elections and things like that. So, you know, there's more users in India than there are in the United States, right? But there's just a teeny tiny fraction of the moderation resources that go into it. And so there's, you know, tons more disinformation that isn't being taken down. There's tons more inflammatory rhetoric and stuff like that that has really read to real world harm. And the way that sort of election interference is happening in countries outside of English speaking countries, that's a much bigger problem that Facebook really, uh, like the 2016 election here, saw the warning signs about internally people were flagging and saying, hey, there's some there's some bad business going on. And they just ignored it and kind of let it happen. And I think that's really where they have hugely, hugely failed to act in a way that is like detrimental to the world. Now, okay, so I know you touched on Mark Zuckerberg briefly before, and I mean, I think we can all agree that he's an extremely divisive figure in the tech world. I mean, a poll conducted in July of last year found that Mark was less popular than even Donald Trump. Now, Facebook may be a big company, but like you mentioned, he's still CEO. And if there is a possibility that he might step down one day, do you think that that would actually help Facebook? 
Possibly. Some of the reports that have come out from the whistleblower show that internally there he really leads a lot of the decision making uh, at a high level and that he has sort of a tight inner circle and that, you know, the buck stops with him and that he's a hands on manager, you know, who is making the final call on big decisions a lot of the time. So if it was a different person in charge, yeah, they might make different decisions. They might handle things differently. Well, I guess we're just going to have to... uh wait and see. I'm very curious what the the rebrand will look like um, and if that will make a difference. (laughs) Yeah, I have a feeling it won't. I think it's going to be a little bit like when, you know how Google is technically Alphabet is like the umbrella company and then Google is just part of Alphabet and then there's also YouTube is technically not, it's under Alphabet and Waymo and a couple of these other sort of, you know, different verticals it has essentially. I suspect that's what it's going to do. The only thing I predict is a day or maybe a week filled of making fun of Facebook's new name on Twitter and then Gen Z making fun of them on TikTok. That, that's what's that's going it. to happen. And I look forward to it. I really do. <laughs> yeah. I, I I can imagine that happening. I feel like what's due right now on TikTok is like, I don't know if you guys have seen these, but there are a lot of I always like chuckle to myself because there'll be someone who is like, okay, guys, here's the tea on. And then it's like <laughs> yes. some some drama that's like maybe only like three years old. And like, <laughs> but it's presented as if it's like this fact-finding mission from like the 18th century. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's like some celebrity drama. It's like, guys, there's this guy, Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to believe what this guy is up to. All sorts of crazy stuff. Um, I can totally imagine that on TikTok. I I want to see it. And honestly, <laughs> if and when it happens, we will definitely have you back to talk about it. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, believe marginalized people. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house... It's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeart Ad Builder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the endless podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And then break us off with some bread because we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. 
But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network.